Hi guys, welcome to our brand new show, The Good News Podcast. The podcast that is all about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Tabiso Malifo. Now, let's do this. Welcome everyone, welcome to the Good News Podcast. It's so amazing guys to be able to share with you the good news about Jesus Christ and I would like to thank each and every one of you guys for sharing, for listening, for downloading, for streaming. You guys are so amazing and I thank you. I'm humbled by your responses guys, I'm humbled by your feedback. I thank you so much that you are even engaging from the messages that I just shared with you. So today it's a special show for me because it's the very first time that we have a guest on the show. My friend, uh, we have been friends for some, for some time now. He's a singer, he's an interpreter, he's a teacher, he's a preacher. He does, he's, he's, he's all over the offices. So you will find him in so many offices serving uh, the Lord. My friend, Lindan in America, welcome to the show. Hey man, thank you so much for that intro. And I'm happy to be here. I'm so blessed to be here with you. And I think that um, the Lord is good. The Lord has started the work in you. And I think, you know, uh, God is doing something great uh, in your life. So thank you so much for welcoming me. I'm so happy, man, to have you as a guest today. And... Uh, as you know, the show is, is titled The Good News Podcast. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing I would like to get from you is, for you, what is the good news? I think that's a wonderful question. And that many of our people, uh, saints, Christians, and people of God don't ask themselves. Um, for me, my definition of good news is, um, of course, the gospel. But you see, when I, when I come to you and I tell you that, uh, for instance, if your mom was sick for a long time and she has had cancer, and eventually the doctor comes in and says to you, listen, um, your mom has been healed. We don't know how the cancer disappeared. We don't know what happened. Um, th- that, for me, is good news. But think about this. As like 10 times over that, love, dying for you on the cross, and sharing his love and his life for you. That, that's for me good news, you see. So I, I, I don't want to only call it good news. I want to call it over-the-top good news. Yeah. Over-the-top good news. So you just said, guys, so maybe that will be the name of the show as you go, over-the-top good news. So, Lindani, thank you, man, for joining us again. Um, the question I get asked a lot, which I would like to, to hear you, uh, your point on this is, why do we see a lot of young people not being active these days on the subject of Christianity specifically? So someone asked me that there was a time where you would turn on the street, you will see someone with speakers preaching, you would see young people going to schools, you would see young people having organizations, and they were saying to me that these days is no longer there. 
and mm. I gave them my response, but I would like to hear from you if uh, what do you think is the reason behind this? I, I personally think that the church or the body of Christ in, in its entirety is under attack. It's, it's being attacked in different ways where the enemy is trying to shut down the preaching of the gospel. Where, you know, again, our presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ has, has been somehow flawed. You see, because we, we preach condemnation and we preach salvation at the same time. And we mix these things and people get a little confused. Now, now this is something that gets people sort of, they want to back off and say, but this does not make sense. But on the other hand, you find that there are people who are actually responding, coming to the Lord. So it's not all doom and gloom. I, I, our young people have so many things that attract them, but we have not presented the gospel or the good news to be attractive, you see. So if we, if we, I'm not saying that we should change, you see, anything. But the only thing that we, I remember some time ago we were listening to uh, John Lightitlamin, and he was saying that uh, we we don't change Jesus Christ. We just change the frame. You know what I mean. So what we are doing is we are reframing Christ yeah. because the presentation of Jesus Christ. Uh, by the people, by they, they, they sort of messed it up. That's all they had. That's all they understood. But somehow you'd want to ask, Urna, is it really all that they had and understood? Are there certain things that they hid from us? Because the millennials are coming and they're asking questions. You see, and we have to answer these questions. And the other the questions are, we, we run away when we're like, no, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. And therefore, we let the gospel sort of die. True. So... Ah, there's a big word you just said there, reframing Jesus. Yeah. So something you just said, which is what I've experienced, especially in the last episode, is that nowadays people question, mm. especially the young people, they question everything. Mm. And one of the things that they question is the message that they, got they get from the pulpit, be it even uh, from Facebook, from WhatsApp, then they would ask you questions that are, are difficult to answer. Are difficult to answer. <laughs> but I, I, I like the environment whereby we are questioning everything. I, I am not for an organization whereby you just get something and we take it as it is. Mm. But we, we actually sit down and we discuss and we actually learn more mm. in the process of asking questions going back to study more and then to research. I feel like that's where we even learn more. Mm. And in that way, I think the question is, how do we engage young people to be able to research, to discuss, to in a way that is, is constructive? How do, we, how do we engage young people in, in, in this subject of Christianity? Maybe we should reverse a little bit before we answer the question. Number one, we should not see they are asking questions as demonic. Yes. <laughs> we should not demonize that because they, they, they ought to ask questions. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Acts that Christians from Bria were more uh, uh, diligent because they would take what Paul preached and analyze the scriptures and go back to him and ask him questions. Now, we should not dread or be scared when these young people start asking questions. Not only, it's, it's not only the young people. I think also, these questions, it's just fella, 
they are saving face. But about Bota, because, you know, it, it would appear as if disrespectful. You know what I mean? But um, we, we need to tell the truth. I think that is the only way to give them a way forward that is constructive, yeah. that is going to build them. We need to tell them the truth. You see, let, let's not worry about what people are going to do about the truth. That is not our concern. Our concern is to tell you the truth about Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, past, present, and future sins. And that, that what you do with that, it, it should actually show you how much God loves you, that he would die for your sins. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, if that should not worry me. Or now, when I was or now, you see, I should be worried about telling you the truth. So, our work and our job is to tell them the truth. And the truth is, Jesus Christ loves you so much. He does. I hear you. I hear you. I know you have a message prepared for us today. Sure. <laughs> I know. I. <laughs> So I'm, so I'm so excited that you have you have a word that you have prepared for us and uh, we we can move to that the platform is yours well um, thank you so much I, I want us to to check the scripture in the book of um, Romans that's Romans chapter 4 I want us to read it from verse 1 and we're going to read an up until verse 5 Romans chapter 4 verse 1. To verse 5. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? In fact, if in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. You know, so this is, this is a wonderful scripture. I, 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 I want to talk about the word righteousness and what it actually means. We need to understand that it actually means right standing with God, to be in the right position with God, to be in a good place with God, you see where you and God are not having anything that, that you fight about. Righteousness is right standing with God. And I think it's something that we need to understand. However, see, I'm not going to talk about our righteousness. I'm going to talk about the righteousness of God. You see, because this is, this is a mistake that we do um, a, a lot of times. Um, righteousness from God has four aspects. Rectoral righteousness... Retributive righteousness, redemptive righteousness, and remunerative righteousness. I want us to look at these and, and see how much God actually loves us. All right. So even as we read the, what the scripture says about righteousness, it speaks one of the wonderful things. Let's, let's just check here a few things. Rectoral righteousness is defined as the side of God that demands holiness based on his law. So God, in the Old Testament, demanded righteousness from his people based on his laws. So he would give them the laws and say to them, be holy and walk in my statutes and be righteous before my sight. Any one of you who does not observe these laws, there's going to be punishment. 
And that is where it comes in retributive uh, righteousness. It is the side of God that punishes his people for not doing the standards, for not reaching the standards that he has set. Okay? And now God is not only, you see, God is not evil at all. And our presentation, Kanta Demdim, has always been, you see, God has standards that we must follow. And if we don't follow these standards, we don't qualify in his presence. And that is not the truth. You see, there has been a change that has happened. Although God is immutable, God does not change. But there's been a change that has happened throughout the scriptures. So we therefore cannot pick and choose which scripture to read. Now, like I said, God wanted his people to be inwardly clean and outwardly clean. This is rectoral righteousness. You see, even priests would not walk into the uh, Holy of Holies if they had any kind of uncleanliness. They would not enter the presence of the Lord. They would be struck down, you see. So we sort of want to wash ourselves first. Have you ever heard Batubari? You know what I mean? And so, and so this is what we do from time to time. We want to come to the Lord. But that is not the case. You see, God wants us to come as we are. The songwriter says, come as you are in the presence of the Lord. You see, so the idea of um, rectoral righteousness, it wants a person to come into the presence of the Lord being clean. And this is proven in the Old Testament in the scriptures. But let's move on within the time constraints that I have. Um, retributive righteousness. This is the side of God that punishes his children for failure to keep his standards. God punished his people if they failed to maintain standards. E.g., God killed 3,000 Israelites on the Mount Sinai. You see. So, now we, we, we look at God as this fearsome. We look at God as this Horrible. <laughs> I, I, I hope that's not the wrong word to use against the Lord. But we look at God as this horrible punisher who has standards and these laws. And if you do not reach these laws, we, we think we're punished. You see, some people believe in what's called um, generational curses. You see, and you need to understand what the work of the blood of Jesus Christ has done. People believe, Hori, they think that God has not forgiven them for their sins. So therefore, whatever it is, whether they are, it's taking too long for them to get married, whether they are not getting their cars that they've been praying for, whether they, have not, they are not getting anything, it means that that's not the truth. And hence I said before that we need to reframe Christ. Jesus Christ and God are not out to get you. God is not evil. And God can never be compared with evil. So, now, what God does is when he sees that his people cannot reach these standards, he becomes compassionate. He brings redemptive righteousness. He brings redemption. This is where God reaches out his hand to save his people. This is where God comes and washes his people away from the sins. This is where God says, I want to make you clean. Now, in order for me to make you clean, I need to send my son, Jesus Christ. So he sends Jesus Christ. In, in actual fact, Jesus Christ is God himself. So he comes. He comes to the world and he dies for us. And he washes our sins away. And we become redeemed through his death. You see, in the Old Testament, for a person to be clean, he had to have a lamb. See, the priest would not look at what is wrong with the person who brought the lamb. But they would introspect the lamb to see if it has any 
uncleanliness, if it has anything that is not acceptable before the, the presence of the Lord. If the lamb was clean, oh my God, that person, their sins are forgiven for that entire time. Maybe for a year or a week or a month, you know. So what God does is he, he, he looks at us through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. He's our Lamb. He died for us, you see. So because he died for us, God does not look at me. God does not punish me based on my sins. God actually brings mohau of it is And now this is what brings us to what I call remunerative righteousness. Remunerative righteousness is the side of God that washes your sins away. Because you see, the scripture that we read, it says, if righteousness could be gained by works, that person, it would be credited to him as a a hard work. You you, you know, so so it would not be rewarded to him as, you know, righteousness. But, now, First of all, to get the righteousness of God is a reward on its own. It's, it's a blessing on its own. It's not something that you work to get. It's something that he gives you for free. It's a free gift. When you work and you get your wages, that's not a free gift. It's an obligation. You, had to, you have to be paid. But when I rest and trust in God, and I think this is what we need to do as the people of God and children of God, is to trust the Lord. Hori, no matter how much I can confess my sins, confession of sins does not cleanse me from unrighteousness. Confession of sins, it is a fella, uh, your conscience. It you see. But the truth of the matter is that when you confess your sins before God, God has already forgiven you even before you confess your sins. And this is the hard truth that people don't want to hear. But here's a beautiful thing as I conclude. Remunerative righteousness says, I have blessed you with the righteousness that is from me. Now I'm going to give you blessings that follow that righteousness. That is crazy. Hence I call it over-the-top good news. It's crazy. He gives you what you don't deserve and rewards you for what you don't deserve. You see, God, when he looks at us, we are walking in the righteousness. Although sometimes, and most of the time, we, we make a lot of mistakes. Sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we don't talk to our spouse. Sometimes we don't want to hear anything, you see. And, and yet God forgives us. He does not deal with our sins as we deserve. So he, he, he pays you for what he has given you for free. For instance, a man was making an example and he says, on Christmas, um, Wanaka but what I do is I reward her with affectionate words. I, I tell her how special she is. Or you gave me this gift. And to her, it's as if it's all here. But we know the truth that it's from me. And that is the same with God. God, we bring our praises, our worship. We bring any kind of gift, whether be it offering or anything. It is not that we could make it on ourselves. It's because you see, anything. And now I see. I want to explain a little bit what you usually say, Nchana, uh, when you talk about past sins, present sins, and future sins. And it's a wonderful thing. I agree with that. It's the truth. Think about this. Jesus died for you 2,000 years ago, and you were not yet born. And that made your sins to be thus in the future. 
That's why he died for your past, present, and future sins. He has died for the sins of your children. He has died for the sins of your grandchildren. He has died for the sins of your great-grandchildren. You see, the only thing, it is for them to be born into this world and confess that Jesus is the Lord and Savior and believe in their hearts. Abraham was not credited with righteousness because he did good things. It was all faith. And this is hard because Jesus comes to the house where Mary and Martha are. Mary chooses to sit at the foot of Jesus. But Martha is busy. How get all the complaints? Number one, she says, "Mara, na na ki busy. How long one na Jesus? And two seconds, two seconds, and three seconds. And Jesus says, "Mary has chosen one thing, and that is to sit and rest at my feet. How about we rest and believe God that He's washed us, He's cleansed us, and He's made us holy. We are holy forever. Thank you, man, for inviting me. Now, to your listeners, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you peace." May the Lord enlarge his territory. May the Lord enlarge your territory. May the Lord give you peace even more. You are blessed coming in and going out. You are blessed in the field and in the city. You are blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I wish you could go on, man. Every time I hear this kind of a message, I always feel like the person who's sharing can just go on, go on. Because Moya Hautola such news hmm. it is something that even though i was not aware that this is what i needed but my spirit knew that there is a certain message that i need to hear you might find that you know the message but the message is nowhere to be found oh my god but i i thank you so much um Shanka. we give god the glory mm. we give we give him all the honor yeah man I wish everyone was in this tiny room now and they were listening to you as, as I was, but the good thing is they will be able to listen to this through the, the works of the medium and then they will be able to share, to download, to listen, no matter how many times they want. Sure. And as I always say, guys, share this, this, this news that you just heard right now that you've just listened, share with someone else. There's someone that needs to hear the same message that you just heard. The same message that I just heard, I'm going to share with so many people that I can. Guys, that was Lindani. So Lindani, uh, social media, where can people get you apart from the Good News Podcast? Lindani Nameka, it's on Facebook. Um, I, 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 unfortunately, I only have a Facebook account. Um, I'm found on Facebook, Linda Ninameka. I hope you are blessed from today's message. Just a reminder that this episode will be out on Google Podcast, on Apple, and, and on Spotify. Until next time, stay blessed. God loves you, and grace to you. <laughs>